Hey guys, when we started this project, we were not sure how hard it would be to edit, record everything, and then eventually distribute. But then luckily, someone told us about Anchor. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. Secondly, they have creation tools that will allow you to record and edit directly from your phone or your computer. They distribute your podcast for you. And the best thing is you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're in the state of confusion. Questions on your mind. Send in Letitia and Brandy. Gonna help you unwind. We're hanging out together, even though we're long. We'll pass it on over. Sorry, we're stoned. Are you so tired, Mother? You have no clue. I'm exhausted. I can't believe we were in Tampa this morning. It doesn't feel like it. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Smoke it up. Wait, okay, so we're back. We're back. But I am not live from the basement. I am live from Los Angeles, and Brandy is not in the basement, but she's in Nashville. I can't believe you left me. I uh, no. I honestly, I kind of got depressed when I first got here. I think it's just... I don't know. I tend to do that. Like anytime it's mostly like on tour and stuff. Like once you're on a tour, when you come home, you are in so sad for a minute just because I'm just so used to being around people all the time on tour. And then you come home and I don't know, it's like this whole thing. But I think because I really haven't done much this entire year until a few days ago and this whole weekend. So this past weekend, we were in Tampa for the Super Bowl. And I don't know, it was just so crazy to be, you know, out and around people and in a crowd, which was so cool because Molly played for 7,500 vaccinated healthcare workers. And so it was the first kind of concert back where there were that many people. And it was so cool because, you know, they had all been vaccinated. Everybody still had on masks, but it was just so amazing to be around people and be in an event and listen to live music. So maybe it's just coming home and then kind of coming down from that. And I haven't been in L.A. for two months. So I think it's just an adjustment. I'm just got to get back in the groove out here. And not seeing Brandy every day makes me sad. So sad. What now, about it, dad? Are you going to miss him at all? I desperately miss your father. Ooh. It's crazy. But honestly, I think just being away from her so long, like you protect yourself. And it's like, I'm fine being alone. And, I'm, and I totally am fine being alone. But I miss the little fella. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. I think that's good. And I think he misses me too. I'm getting some gushy text messages. I bet so. He is sad. Anyway, can't wait to get back to Nashville. But I am enjoying the sun here in Los Angeles. So it was nice to actually have some sunshine. Mm. What'd you do on the plane? Anything fun? Or just sleep? I literally, not even joking, slid down into the floor. <laughs> And put two pillows in a blanket and laid in the floor and slept and nobody even knew. No. Yeah. It was like a six hour flight. And so we're on a plane where, you know, you charter as a group because it was the whole band and crew and Molly and everybody that we all went to the Super Bowl. And so coming back, it was everybody as well. But this plane, it was great, but no TVs. And mm-hmm. so, and it was six and a half hours. I was about to lose my mind. And I had both of my dogs. 
but they were great, but still just in my seat, making me crazy. <laughs> so I thought I have got to knock myself out. So I just got in the floor and went to sleep. <laughs> so, well, my flight was only an hour and a half. But so easy. Oh, uh, it would have been, except I was crammed like a freaking sardine on Southwest Airlines full flight. Wow. Uh, I, I swear, I feel like the planes just keep getting smaller and smaller, like the room. Okay, so flying with COVID right now, are they seating people in the middle seat? They weren't all year last year. And then after November, they had started put, filling them back up. So it was full flight. Oh, so nobody decided to go on strike and not wear their mask. It's, I guess it's federal law now that you have to wear the mask on the plane. Like they're uh-huh. very strict about it, which is great. Yeah. But I've seen a lot of videos come out where people are like, I'm not wearing my mask. Oh, I'm sure. But air. if they do that, they'll, they can ground the flight and kick them off. So. And probably put them in jail. That yeah. Yeah. For sure. Perfect. Yeah. Like, honestly, this is not, this is not optional. <laughs> if you are flying in an airplane with other people, just respect that that like if we get it if you don't believe in covid but just though that we do and you just have to wear your mask out of respect for others actually you know what adam lieber was just telling me that in japan that they just are so respectful of each other in japan and i was like i wish we were like that here because our world would just be a completely different space if you just respected each other every single day and really looked out for each other and mankind, we would just be living in a different world. That's probably true. Wait, you've got to hold. Loco is going into loco mode and scratching the door. But anyway, yeah, so it was such a great weekend in Tampa. But now I'm back home and just trying to get settled back in. What about you? Same Z's. I went straight from the airport to Whole Foods, bought some groceries, just like straight back into the adult mode, you know, and then came home and fed all the animals. It's very cold here. I'm missing that Tampa sun. I was wearing shorts yesterday. I know. I know. It looks very cold in Nashville. Yeah, it's going to get cold. So, uh, And then speaking of being home, just honestly – renovations in your home just are so annoying, but always worth it. But like I have been gone for two months and I was having my master bath redone two months and it is still not done. So I came back home to the guest house and I'm so over it. Mm. And not only that, my neighbors decided to cut all their trees down and like the whole privacy fence in my backyard that was green is just gone. It is stressing me out. Dang. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just like, could you have at least just warned me? <laughs> like, <laughs> just like say, heads up. Like, I'm going to be able to peek in your windows at night because I cut Yikes. all the edges down. Well, if you'd come back to Nashville, no one can peek into our windows because no one can see in the house from here. That is true because we're in a little tree house. Yep. But yeah, so just practicing my gratitude. I'm thankful to be home and be in a house and just, just breathe. The trees will grow back. Will they, or do they got to plant new one? I'll be dead and gone by the time they go and grow back to where they were. Oh man. All right. Well, I feel like, okay, so let's tell the stoners. Very exciting. We have my friend Ben Higgins coming on the podcast today. Oh, love Ben. Love Ben. 
And Ben also has a new book out. Like, I've been hearing him talk about this book he's writing for years. And I can't believe – I'm actually holding it in my hand right now. Uh, So it's just so crazy. So we'll talk about all that with Ben. So because I think it's going to be really good and I think we're going to talk a lot. So I think we should do a few DRMTs before Ben comes on so that we can hear from a few of the stoners before. Okay, let's hear some DRMTs. Yeah, let's hear from the stoners. Hi, Tish and Brandy. Just wanted to let you guys know I am obsessed with the show. I recently found it on a long drive after listening to Brandy's other podcast with Wells, and I'm just so happy that I found it. My question for you is, I recently started a business about a year ago, and it's going pretty well, but I just wanted some advice on how you would recommend growing during such a crazy time. I know Instagram and all of those things, but I am a millennial, but I feel like I'm an old soul. So I um, have a three-year-old and life is crazy, and I just really wanted some advice to see what you guys think. Thank you. I love it when the YFTers make the transition over to Sorry We're Stoned. I love it too. It's like when High School Musical aired and then Hannah Montana came on right after. (laughs) Great comparison. (laughs) Okay. Well, I wish I knew what her business was because I think like, yes, social media is obviously like such a powerful tool these days and especially in co- with COVID because everything is going online, you know, and no one's shopping in stores. So without getting, being able to be too specific, since I don't know exactly what the business is, I would also say Facebook is just so huge, even almost more than Instagram when it comes to businesses. I don't know. And and I do think too, like the demographic on Instagram is very young, right? It's like no it is. age with Instagram, but like yes. the Facebookers are like mom's age, the people that actually are like buying stuff. That is very true. And honestly, like as much as it is a little bit annoying, I do see a lot of ads and things to buy. And I have bought so many things by seeing them on Facebook. I really, really do. And, you know, one of my friends that uh, sells Rodan and Fields, when I asked her at one point, I'm like, because she, you know, grew a huge, huge business with Rodan and Fields. And when I asked her how she did that, she was like, you know, every night I would watch about two hours of TV each night. And she goes, I just dedicated myself to for those two hours. I'm going to dedicate this to my business. The two hours that I'd just be setting, I'm going to just dedicate it to that. And she did. And she really dedicated it to Facebook, like really getting on Facebook, getting the products out there, talking to people about it. And she grew a massive business in two years. So I know like it sucks to just really be like social media is kind of the way to go. But right now during COVID, it, it really is. And I agree with Brandy. I think Instagram tends to be such a young demographic that, you know, it skews pretty young. But for like people my age and in their 40s, I do think that are on Facebook to connect with friends more than just do social media. I think Facebook is the way to go for sure. Yeah. Even for me, the thing I've been buying mostly in the past few months is horse stuff, like horse Mm -hmm. gear, horse clothing, show clothing, stuff like that. And I've been looking at a lot of that on their Facebook, on their Facebook business pages, even more so than their Instagram and everything. So I don't know. I think Facebook is um, a great tool as well. And, you know, depending on the demographic you're trying to reach could be maybe better than Instagram. I agree. Hopefully that helps a bit. Okay, we got a we got a we got a stoner question, literally about getting stoned. Okay. Hi, y'all. This is Kira from North Carolina again. I call you guys a lot, 
Absolutely. And you know what the biggest thing is, is first of all, when I was a non-smoker, I thought my husband was a non-smoker. <laughs> I thought he would smoke like maybe occasionally when he was out on the road, but I really honestly didn't know. And the few times that I did smell it and lost my mind, I would just make him buy me something. <laughs> So, but honestly, I think the biggest thing for me with Billy Ray is like, but it really hops BR up, which is what drives me crazy. <laughs> but I don't know, like, because I honestly think that I'm kind of better to, I think when I don't smoke weed, I just am so all over the place. Like I need to be up and doing something and cleaning or organizing or decorating or just doing something. And so sometimes like if I know like he just wants to sit and watch TV or, you know, just be calm that if I smoke, then I can sit there and watch a TV show. I can sit there and really focus on it and not want to be on my phone or my computer. And I think that that's really good, you know, kind of for our relationship because for the most part, I'm pretty just going and doing something. I, I just really don't know how to relax. And so that it really does help me relax. So I think that's really good for us. But I don't know. I just think, you know, if something bothers your boyfriend, your significant other, that, you know, just really trying to be respectful of that. And like, I don't even smoke in the house as much. Like if no one's around, I will smoke in the house. But like if Billy Ray's here and he's like sitting and watching TV, I'm not going to like smoke up the TV room. <laughs> I'll go outside <laughs> and just try to be respectful of that too. So I'll tell you what, when she's lighting it up in her basement, I can smell it from up here. <laughs> I was thinking that if your significant other maybe likes to have a drink, maybe he could do that while you smoke and like you guys could do it together, but not be doing the same exact thing. Like I know like when, like when my mom's smoking, I, I like to just like have a glass of wine or something just to kind of be it. Cause it is a social thing, you know, it just is, to kind of yeah. hang. So maybe you guys could find a way to where like you can smoke and he can, I don't know if he doesn't drink alcohol, like he can have dessert <laughs> or, exactly. or a cigar, whatever his thing or is. Or you I guys can, you can have a cute munchie after and share that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like there's ways uh, to include. Agreed. Okay, let's get one more in before we get Ben on. 
This one, um, this one's from Sydney in Canada. So because she's not in the States, she left a Instagram voice memo in our DMs. Hey, Tish and Brandy, it's Sydney from Ottawa, Canada. I have a high design question for you guys. Um, in our master bedroom, we have a very large blank wall that our king-size bed is up against, and we don't have a headboard, so it's very plain. We just had our first baby in the summer, and our master bedroom is now like kind of our sanctuary. I'm sure when our children grow up, we'll want to hide in there. <laughs> so how do we make it modern and sexy and cozy and comfortable? I don't really want to hang anything above us. I have a weird like fear of things falling on us in the night. Maybe that's irrational. But what do you guys think? What should we do with that wall? The walls are gray. I don't know. Help us out. Love you guys. Okay, I have a few ideas on this. So if you're absolutely opposed to hanging something, I love a color block. I think that color blocks can be so artistic and just like with the different shapes and stuff where you don't have to have anything at all. And then just a couple knot stands and maybe some big pretty lamps or sconces. I don't think you have to have anything on a wall. Also, if you're really worried about something falling, you could always go for like a macrame or some type of fiber art so that if it does fall, it's, you know, it's not going to hurt you at all. I actually just got a piece that I love. I got a new piece of fiber art from a designer named Lauren Williams, and it is so beautiful. And I was shocked at how lightweight it was. But I think doing a macrame above your bed could also be so pretty and romantic and just make it feel cozy. But again, if not color blocking, I absolutely love. Also, one of my favorite things that you've done before is kind of make your own headboard, I guess. Yeah. Not like like a lot of times a headboard like on mine is attached to a bed frame and it's like a whole thing that you have to buy a whole bed frame like but all you can what you can do is get headboards that either just like nail onto the wall or my mom's made them in the past where you always say a bunky board but anyway so like you can literally go buy your own fabric and what do you use mama freaking staple gun like it's the easiest thing and you just and then you just hang it on the wall behind your bed and then you've voila headboard Yes. And they do make these things called bunky boards. And basically it's just a big square board that you're supposed to use under a mattress. But instead of doing that, you can get them in different sizes. So you could actually get a king that would just go all the way across your bed. Again, you wrap it in, what is that called? Batting? You wrap it in batting and then you just wrap the fabric around it and staple it to the back. And then you can just put on these little D ring hooks that you hang a picture with on each side and just hang it right on the wall. And even on like places like Wayfair, you can buy headboards that literally for $200 that are upholstered headboards that have the little D ring hooks that you hang on the wall, which I actually love because I hate when my headboard has like two or three inches from ah, it needs Mm -hmm. to be flat on the wall or it makes me insane. So this is a very good solution for that. Agreed. Well, all right, stoners, y'all know I got a lot from Tizzle here in the DNA department. Well, that includes thinning hair. Thank you so much, mother. Uh, I know I've literally dealt with thin hair my entire life. Same. And one of the biggest things that I noticed is once I started having kids, There was so much shedding of hair. It made me absolutely crazy. So when I heard about Nutrafol, I was so excited. Totally. So if you guys aren't familiar, Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. I have personally been taking Nutrafol for years now. I'm a big, big fan of it. And 
I think it's so important to address the root causes with the supplement so that you're really targeting, you know, the cause that's in like within instead of treating it purely from the outside with hair products. And for us older ladies, one of the biggest causes of thinning is menopause. Their supplements support healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, including stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism as they evolve through a woman's life. Yep. They have a few different supplement options. So if you're not sure which one's right for you, you can take their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code STONED. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code STONED. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code STONED. Oh my gosh, it's Ben. Hey. Ben ben. is crashing in. Oh my God, okay. He's here. I know. (laughs) Two of my favorite people. The man himself, Ben Diggins. Is the here. coffee guy. That's the I, way to say it. Thank you. You know what? I love you being the coffee guy. I f- it fits me. Feels like one thing that I'm always labeled for. Being the coffee guy feels good. <laughs> I bet. And uh-huh. you know what? But even more than that, the coffee guy also has a huge charity component. And truly, when I think of you, the very first thing that comes to my mind is that I think because Brandy went with you and your parents yeah. to Honduras and I know that coffee plays a role in that. So when I think Ben Higgins, I definitely think coffee and charity. Yeah, we uh, we Brandy and I have gotten to have some good experiences together. Uh, she's been able to travel on some of my most impactful trips ever for me personally. And wow. uh yeah, it's pretty cool to think about. Like, you know, I met what, Brandy probably four years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's insane. The time and flies, Ben. I know. And the stuff that we've gotten to do together since then uh, and the work that you've helped out do. I mean, our biggest fundraiser to date, I think, still is the fundraiser that you put on in Nashville. That was uh, so fun. It was so fun. It was such a good time. I think that's H- Humanity and Hope United still its biggest fundraiser to date is one that you did. And you brought like, it felt like all of Nashville out for it. There was so many people there. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, we need to do a fundraiser at my house in LA. I've been saying this. Oh, <laughs> you have? Yeah, we've talked about this. Well, freaking COVID ruined it. Like it ruined everything. There's but still we, time though, at some yes. point. And Brandy knows how to do it. And so I, I have the feeling that the, the power team of Tish and Brandy together can do some, make some magic happen. And I mean, it's more, it's needed more than ever. Uh Ugh. Yeah. Because I, I know that I think Brandy, you were sharing about it, but you know, Humanity and Hope United's uh, four main communities were hit twice by a Category Five hurricane within three days of each other. This just this year, and they lost everything. When I say lost everything, like it is wiped out, and so it is needed more than ever to have some funds to rebuild. Yeah. What was so crazy about that is because because COVID was so bad uh and it was taking the forefront of all the press and news and it was all anyone was talking about, all these hurricanes, nobody was talking about them. Nobody talked about them. No, not at all. It was mind blowing. And, and, you know, we have friends that have a place since she was a kid in Treasure Key, Mm. um, right in off Abaco Islands. And 
it, you know, Abaco was just wiped out as well. And I just, I remember when it first happened, like it was a big story and it just went away because COVID did take over everything. And I know they still, a lot of that island doesn't still have power. And yeah. so, you know, and it's been so long ago and people just forget. So I'm sure, were they hit hard in Honduras by COVID or do you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, really wiped through Central America. It still exists pre- pretty heavily. The government doesn't really support have a lot of support down there. But here's a crazy thing, and it puts everything in perspective. So one of the communities in Honduras got electricity a month before the hurricanes. And so they got electricity, put up big celebration. They did like a live stream. So everybody went out in these communities and they bought refrigerators to, so they could have food stores. And most of the people there had to buy them on loan because refrigerators aren't less expensive in Honduras than they are here. And we're talking, you know, people that don't have a lot of extra cash reserves. Well, when the hurricanes hit, a month later, the refrigerators got washed away down the river. They're gone. And there's no insurance in Honduras. And so there's no such thing as reimbursement. And so all these people now have a bill to pay off without the, the refrigerators to, to cover. It's a really, it's a, it just really, I guess what it does for me, what has always consistently done for me is just uh, one, keep perspective, but two, just recognize uh, in, a, in a weird way, like the human purpose, you know, we've all been given a lot and, and, uh, and like we have a massive purpose with that an opportunity with that too. So yeah, but Brandy, Brandy has, has really helped out. It's been awesome. So Ben, I see that you're in um, your house that yes. you've had, the one that yes. I've stayed in many a time because uh-huh. you're the best. So ben, let's, let's clear that up when Ben's not there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben's not there. <laughs> I'm not sure. Wait, hello. <laughs> yeah, when Ben's not there, he lets me stay at his house. And one time, was it the washing machine that like flooded your basement? It was a disaster. Yeah, it was yeah. really big. Actually, you were staying here. I got the call from you that my washing machine was flooding my basement. Got the the plumber out here, and it was my whole septic tank was backing up inside my house. And so you left just before the catastrophe that was a roof that blocked my sewer lines that was backing everything up while I was not home. So you missed it by oh. probably 24 hours. That is insane. Wow. But yeah, so you have stayed here. I am we I am still here because we are for, we just bought a new house. Jess and I just bought our first house together. Yep, we want to uh, hear all about it. We've done long distance for two and a half years. She lives in Nashville. I've lived here. And she was in school or working. I was working. And so the most time we ever spent together, well, other than COVID, was like maybe seven days in a row. Oh my gosh. It's wild. And so there's some positives that, right? We learned to communicate really well. We we had to keep our communication clear and concise. We got to know each other really well. But then she just moved out here, which has been awesome. But we bought a house. So it's up in Golden, Colorado. Uh, I want to buy up there because I want a little more land. I wanted like elk in my yard. I wanted bear in my yard. I wanted deer in my yard. You don't get that in the city. And so it's, it's like the perfect spot for us. And we're starting, like, we're in the process of furnishing it, making a home. And that's Jess's deal. Like, I've done this house. This house was my home. Now it's time for us to have our home. And and I want her to decorate it how she wants. And so she is running with that. I love that, Ben. That yeah. is cute. It's been really fun. That is so fun. So Brandy, Jess is alone with the deer and the elk and the bear right now, is what you're saying. She's safe. She's protected. <laughs> she can lock the doors. Uh, in fact, this is crazy, guys. So... I've been gone. I got back. Actually, no, I got back this morning. I flew out at 4.30 a.m. So I got back this morning here. I went up to the house to check on it. And outside of our one window, there's an aspen tree. And it has these claw marks 
that are like eight foot up all the way down the tree. It's a mountain lion that has started what? scratching our tree at night. Oh, oh my gosh. My gosh. <laughs> so it's, it's an intense spot. I mean, it's, it's up there. I'm, I, it makes me so happy. That's amazing. And Jess loves it. Uh, she, <laughs> Jess is the type of human who will lo- learn to love and like anything. There's not, I've never heard her complain about anything that is like a tangible material item. Mm-hmm. However, the one thing I can say that she's not a huge fan of is cold weather. She does not like the cold weather. Me and either. It, yeah. And, and like when it's, when everybody else here, it's like sweatshirt and like shorts weather and everybody else out walking, she's in like a parka with a snow cap on and gloves. She has driving gloves that are winterized. Like she is bundled up. So that's the only thing I think we're going to have to take a little time getting used to is (laughs) it being a little chillier. I mean, Nashville's not having any heat waves. Like I was freezing to death there. I know. So cold. I could not take it. Once once Jess can live through a whole summer in Denver, she's going to love it. She's going to love it. It's great. And the winters aren't that bad. Just, you know, it's, it can, we can still get, you know, two foot of snow on a random day and it can be 60 degrees the next day. But overall, the move has been like absolutely fantastic. It has been one of the best things for us. And uh, for me personally, like just to have her around. Are you guys already staying out there or are you staying in town right now? Well, typically split. But if we were like staying together, it'd be down here just because this is where all my work is. Like all my my office is here. And so with the last week, you know, the book launched and I had to be at a computer or in my office pretty much all day. And so we've just kind of been like treating this as home base. Mm -hmm. Um, But she's up there a lot. She's up there most days. So are you doing renovations on the house or just decorating it? I'm doing the renovations on the house. And so unfortunately I've had to pause for a bit, but we needed to demo the master bathroom. So what happened is this house was built in 1989. She, the the previous owner redid the whole thing except the master bath. And so Hmm. we gutted the bath and I've been doing, I've been doing that and it's now gutted. And so now is next phase. So at first during COVID, it was great because it was like a stress relief. Nothing was going on in my life. I was just here sitting around. So it was awesome to go up there and hit walls and hang out. Now that like stuff's starting to pick up again, it's become a little bit more of a stressor than I wanted, but it's still fun. It, it brings me back to my childhood and it makes me feel like I'm valuable at some level. So mom, ditch Wells for hot contractor and pick up Ben's staff. <laughs> or do, let's do it both. Just both. Oh, that's, ooh, that'd be cute. Tish yeah. and those two. That oh would my God. be our dream. Like, I, I think would, Wells and I would, I don't think we could handle it. I think that I would just love that. <laughs> I was actually getting ready to say, so if things go bad, there is a show on HGTV about people just like you <laughs> who start these projects. And then it's like called like, I wrecked my house or something. Oh, and they stop. They have to and, stop. And then you stop and they came, come in and finish it for you. Uh, so I'm like, mm, that might be happening. Yeah. Brandy doesn't love the idea. She doesn't love this uh, Wells Ben Tish idea. She just can't. I can't see in her face. Gonna, I don't think I'm going to get kid. shoved out. Is what's going to happen. It's going to be Cyrus and Ben and Wells and no <laughs> Cyrus. So funny. It's like the new Three's Company. Do y'all, are y'all old enough to know what that is? I do know what that is. I can't okay. say I've ever seen it though. Okay, so you just wrote a book. Yes, it just it's came not. out. It's ben a wild Higgins. deal. I uh, for two years have re- worked on this thing, and it came from a weird place. It's it's interesting because like I have 
this very short temporary stint at like fame. So I go into, so this is where the book comes from. So I'm working in an office here in Denver, trying to figure out my identity because I don't really have any friends. I'm not really great at my job. I am pretty lonely. I'm in my early twenties at the time. And then the bachelor calls and I go on the bachelor and it changes my life. Right. But it becomes like the defining moment of my life. If I like it or not, it's what people know me as it's what like people recognize me as, but you're the bachelor and everybody talks about you. It's the phenomenon in the U S and then it ends. And that next day, the same day, the last episode ends is the same day they announce the next person and you're pushed aside very quickly. And I recognized at that point that like I was, I felt like my, I was right back to where I was before, like my identity. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what I was about. I didn't have a, I wasn't super proud of being the bachelor. Like I never like personally felt like a lot of like accomplishment in that. I didn't work towards it. It just happened to me kind of. And so I started journaling all these thoughts and emotions. And then at the same time, like I was just going off, coming off of a couple of my dad's heart surgeries. There's just a lot of like pain. Then I was seeing the pain in Honduras. And so I started journaling these thoughts about like, I'm feeling disconnected. I'm feeling isolated. I'm feeling misunderstood. I'm feeling like there's labels placed on me that I can't live up to, or there's expectations placed on me that I can't live up to, or there's dreams that I had in life and goals that I had in life that I've fallen short of. And that I haven't accomplished at this point. And the more and more I've talked to people, the more and more I recognize that other people felt similar. And so I came up with this like idea and this thought that I ran with in the book was like, what if our shared pains and our shared sufferings actually connect us? What if that's the thing that actually brings us together? What if that's the thing that helps us understand each other most? And that's what the book is based off of. It's for anybody, it's not just my story. And I think that's maybe the biggest misconception. It's a lot of people's stories tied up in this book, but it's for anybody out there who has felt alone, isolated, disconnected, lonely, confused, to try to speak into them and show them that, hey, other people have felt this way too. Other people that you'd assume would have never felt this way have felt this way or are feeling this way. So as a result, you're not alone. So what do you do when you recognize that you're not alone? Do you stay the victim and you continue to sit in that loneliness or do you try to be a victor and like move through it and understand that it's part of your story? So last week it officially came out. So two years of me plugging through this thing with the help of Mark Tab. I wrote as much as I could and then I hit a wall emotionally. Like I just kind of was unable to process it anymore. And so he came in and started asking me the better questions and helped me work through it. And yeah, as of last week, now the book's out there on shelves and Audible and Kindle and all those crazy places. That's amazing. And honestly, I feel like there's so many people that feel that right now, especially, mm-hmm. you know, I think there's so many people that just feel lonely and sad. And I do think it makes a difference when you don't think that you're alone in that and that you see yep. other people have gone, gotten to the other side of it in some ways. But, you know, even for Billy Ray, like, I feel like he's been in that position a lot in his life. Like there was achy breaky and then it was just done. And then, you know, old town road came, you know, I mean, it did as good as any songs ever done. Still, it's the biggest song in history, but then it, it, you're just, it's once that's done, it's done. And people just have moved on. And I think that's happened to him so many times in his life, like that it has really affected who he is and how he feels about himself and so many things like it's hard. I'm sure like, I don't know. Cause I, I've never had that exact thing, you know, to where like Miley or Noah or Billy Ray and what they do, like so much of their self-worth is what having other people, like what they yeah. think of you or how popular you are or whatever. And it's just like, so sad. And I mean, on micro level too, like, I mean, I think every kid today is dealing with it at some level. Like, Absolutely. you know, 15-year-olds are TikTok stars. And if you're not a TikTok star and you have one in your high school, are you feeling like you've fallen short? Are you feeling inadequate? 
And it's an emotional roller coaster. I mean, you just said it like you've seen it up close and personal. You have these massive things that you should be super proud of in your life, these huge successes, but then they come and go very quickly. And so you're like on a high and then you drop off that high. And like, it's like a drug. Like once you felt it, it's really hard to move away from it because you just desire more and more of it. And so, you know, and and so I hope the book speaks to those people, like anybody out there, especially the kids today who are going up in this, just to say like, there is a way, like one, fame isn't fulfilling. It will never be the thing that that fills your soul or your heart. And so if that's truth, then what, like, what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with the attention? Who are we going to be? And I'm really proud of it. Now, writing a book and launching a book is a really weird experience because, again, I wrote this whole thing for two years. It's been kind of packaged up for a couple months now. Now it's out there and like, I don't feel much different. I was super excited, but now it's like, well, I don't really know. I don't know if anybody's reading it right now as we speak. I don't know if anybody, like, honestly, I don't know if anybody's really bought the book yet because sales numbers don't come in for like months. So like, I'm just kind of sitting in this like limbo stage being like, I hope it was worth it. Yeah. Well, I've got it and I'm about to read it. So that's exciting. And I, so this whole like topic of identity, I feel like I have a lot of friends right now and just people that I know kind of going through this whole thing of like identity and like where do I find my identity where's the right place to find my identity and I almost feel like this is probably going to just be a lifelong thing like I don't want to use the word struggle because I don't think it is a struggle I think it's just life like figuring out what your identity is in because it's a slippery slope if you find it in your career like you know, how dependable is a career? It could go away tomorrow. If you find it in your significant other, same thing, like that could go away tomorrow for a multitude of reasons. And so it's like, where do, like, where is the right place to find your identity? Mm. And what, what would you say, like your, like what yours is right now? Like, where do you find your identity now versus where you were in your early twenties? Well, I don't know if there is a right place. And so I say that because I, what the common question I came up with is if we stripped everything away from us, how many people know us, what we've done for a living. Maybe if you're young and you're still looking for your, your career, you know, take away like that pursuit. You have to ask yourself the question, like, who am I? If I took everything away from me, who am I? Like, how do people see me? How do I see myself? Um, because ultimately, like, no matter what labels we want to place on ourselves or what labels we want to place on others, we have a humanity and identity beyond that, that far like outweighs who we are as a title. So we have to ask ourselves, who are we? Who am I? I would say if I answered that today, I'm in a weird place, probably because of the book just coming out and probably just because of COVID, like a weird place of searching. I write about it in the book too, but I talk about my relationship with God. And like right now I'm in a place of wrestling with God, confused, very feeling very like uh, lonely at times, very dry. Just like, God, are you there? If you are, where are you at? Like, because there's been a lot of weird stuff in the last year a lot of pains, a lot of suffering, a lot of confusion that I just can't grasp and, and process. And then a lot of successes and I, and the successes I haven't been able to celebrate because there's just like this aching in my heart. And I, what I really would say to anybody out there, that's like, Hey, I I'm trying to figure out who I am. I would say that you have to do an honest deep dive introspection on yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. Don't sugarcoat it. Be honest with yourself. Speak exactly what you're feeling. Write it down. Say, I am feeling this way about myself today. Even if it's ugly and it's dirty and it's pretty, but at least you understand where you're at and you can either get some like some professional help if you notice that that sentence that you wrote down is like not something that you, you can work through on your own. Or you can start processing that sentence saying, why am I feeling depressed? Why am I feeling anxious? Is there a reason? Is there something that I've covered up, a, a wound that I've kind of pushed aside? Is there something I need to confront and heal from? 
Or maybe I'm feeling super great about myself. Why? Where is that? Why is that? What is it about life right now that's making me feel at peace and joy and hope and happiness and kindness? But I think the big thing right now is, is and, and one thing that I don't know if we're great at right now, is you have to be really honest with yourself. Um, that's sometimes really hard to do because it can, it, can, it can get a little scary. For sure. So I listened to you. I told Brittany there was really only one one real question I wanted to ask about The Bachelor. And that was just like, if you knew then what you know now after coming out of it and going through it, would you have done it again? Would you have? A hundred percent. Okay. It's it's enhanced my life in every way. Yeah. Like I went through a public breakup. That's probably the worst thing. I mean, this, the show has been really good to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was the worst public thing that I had to deal with. Like the most controversy, the most criticism, the most just kind of like ugliness. But then it led me to my fiance now who I couldn't be more at peace, comfortable, joyful in. So I can't even say that was a bad thing, right? Because I mm-hmm. learned a lot about that process that led me to be a better man for Jessica today. But also I said that maybe the biggest reason I, I would say 100% to it is like I wouldn't be talking to you all. Like I wouldn't have friendships that I have without that show. I wouldn't have written a book. I wouldn't have been able to start Generous. Uh, I would still probably be working like in a job that I don't love. Like it's enhanced my life in every way. And because of that, I can't sit here and go, no, like it's been great to me. Even with it's like, you know, I would have loved to go th- gone through life and never gotten the criticism, right? Like this week, my book posted, and I think it was like something on Barstool posted about my book and the comments were just brutal, right? I struggled with addiction for years of my life. And uh, mm. I read about in the book and the headline was like, Ben Higgins admits he suffered from addiction in college or something. And everybody's like, that was 10 years ago. Weren't we all? Oh, in other news, Ben's trying to stay relevant. His face is too small for his head or something. Like just mean stuff. And I, read, I, was, like, and I was like, I would rather never have to see this about myself. Like I, I really would. Like it's not healthy for me. It's not good for me. I don't really think it builds much in me except maybe just pissing me off at people. But I also maybe am tougher for it, a little more calloused, a little have a little bit deeper character, more maybe even a little more empathy for those who get the same treatment that outside of myself. Well, I'll the- tell you, it's like as Noah's mom, who has just been brutally criticized by yeah. people on social media and to see what it has really done to her. Like it is just devastating and it is not good for her. She actually got a flip phone, so she couldn't even be like, she'll go and do like some posts on, you know, her phone. But for the most part during the day, she's on a flip phone. So she's not even tempted to look because it has hurt her. And like, just, she really struggles. And it's because it truly is because she was beat down on social media by the time she was 13, just for being Miley's sister, you know? And Like, I've really watched her struggle, and I, too, I'm just, like, sometimes I just, like, think about, like, oh, you know, I wish our family had never gotten into entertainment or whatever, but then I'm, like, is that true? And no, it's not, because, like you said, like, I wouldn't be who I am. My kids wouldn't be who they are, and I'm so grateful for what we get to do because we love it, and but there is a price that you pay for that, and, like, people are just not nice sometimes. (laughs) No. And you said it like, it's the same with me, same with anybody. You know, Noah's a good example. Like Noah's a a, a wonderful human. And when she reads that stuff and sees it, what it ends up doing is making her a lesser version of herself. It's not the healthiest version she can be. She can't help that, right? She can't, you can't just say, get over, don't look at them, whatever. Like that's not a possibility because when they come to you, they hurt. And it makes, and it takes away a piece of a life that's terrific. 
And I think that's where the big problem lies. And so I, I do believe, though, as we come together within this and there's some vulnerability and openness in it, like I believe that we're going to be able to connect through it and hopefully make it maybe easier. I don't think it's ever going away. I think it will it's always not. exist. It's always happened. But at least we can make it easier because I can look uh, at my friends, at people I know, people I look up to and go, you felt this way as well. Like I'm not alone in this pain. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think, you know, there's moments maybe I would say like, I wish I could just disappear. But for the mm -hmm. most part, like I'm not, I'm not a Miley. Like my life looks very normal. My life looks very much <laughs> like it did eight years ago. I, I, you know, it was weird though. I had a really weird moment. I, uh, I'm not a huge Justin Bieber fan. I, th I don't know him personally at all, but uh, I don't listen to his music very often, but I was watching SNL when he came out with Lonely and I like wept out of nowhere. I was like yeah. just watching it very happy and I wept because all of a sudden like I was looking at this like 13 year old boy and remembering that time in his life and knowing how lonely he must have felt, how isolated he must have felt, like how that impacts him today to feel like he's just in this world that is disconnected from him. And I wonder how many other people feel that way. Take away the celebrity part, take away the attention part, Absolutely. like how many other people feel that way. You know, so and that feeling of gosh, I am such like I can't even talk about it usually. I'll start getting teared up. But even like with me, I lost my mom on this last year and in August. And that feeling of being lonely, like not alone, but truly lonely, and just like it is hard and it is the worst feeling you can possibly feel. And that's not something I've struggled with in my life like I've never really I don't think ever been like truly depressed I've had horrible anxiety issues but I've never really been just sad and depressed and felt lonely and since it happened during COVID you know I really wasn't my kids I, you know, I was even afraid to be around them because they were out and working and all these things and so I it was like I truly had to go through that alone and it was lonely and it was so hard and so my heart goes out to people like Noah or someone like you that has felt like this deep sadness and loneliness because it's it like I feel like I'm coming out on the other side of that now. And I yeah. think Nash I was in Nashville for two months and with Brandy for two months and and was felt like I was back home and I felt like I healed a lot there. But before I literally had never just felt like empty. Yeah. And so for people that do feel that way and like, yeah. I just feel so sad for anyone that has to feel that and feel like they're alone. Mm -hmm. So you writing this to, to show people like you aren't alone there and be willing to, because I do think people look at social media and first of all, social media is just a lie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the big fat lie. And I just feel like nobody's life, like everybody, per, you know, portrays. It's a highlight reel. That's what it's I say. Like, oh yeah. It's, a complete it's a highlight, highlight reel. reel. It's like looking through a photo album. Of course, all the photos look happy because those are the moments you wanted to remember, but there's so much in between that tells a completely it's different so story. True. So I think it's so cool that you put yourself out there and just people for people to feel, you know, like, oh, like everyone goes through these 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 times and these seasons in their life. Yeah. Well, thank you. Now, I mean, it really is a, a thing. It's very personal to me. And yeah. uh, so we're coming out of it now. This is this is week one. We'll see how it goes. But I mean, if anything, it's out there and, I, and I'm I'm really pumped that I did it. And, uh, and I do, I think a re whoever picks it up, I don't think they'll read it and be like, yeah, I didn't get anything out of it because like, there's a story in there of a girl named Annie who was a fan. In fact, I think Miley actually did do a video for her as well. So her friends reached out years ago 
and like to all these people who she was fans of and said, can you do a little say hi to Annie? Cause Annie mm-hmm. had been declined a third lung transplant. She had, she was had like two weeks to live and she was 22 years old. I remember this. And so, yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I need, I want to, I want to talk to this girl. I don't know why it just kind of came to me. And so I called her and we talked and texted a lot. So her story's in the book on what it means to know you're dying. Like, what does it mean to know that life is but a breath? Like, how do you process the idea that like, you have two weeks left on this earth to live and you're 22 years old and you have a great family and a loving family. And so I say all that to say that like, I think there's stuff in this book that like, if anybody goes, I didn't get anything out of it. I think they're gonna be sadly mistaken. Like, because like you cannot not get something out of Annie's story. It's her words. It's her like life without two weeks left and her wisdom being shared. Like you've got to get something out of that. Wow. And boy, just that puts it all in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. Like I can't even imagine or even being the mom Noah's 21 and like that, like I can't even fathom the thought of that. That's just horrible. Yeah. But so So, typically if it wasn't COVID, you would be doing a book tour right now. Yes. So what are you doing instead? Virtual. This is what I do right now with people who aren't necessarily friends of mine. I am meeting people from all over the U.S. and I'm talking to them via my computer, which has its advantages. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it would be really exhausting to fly and do the circuit. However, kind of be fun for maybe like two days. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of nice just to sit here and do it because it's not like nobody's like mad at me for not doing it. So that's it. A lot of press, uh, a lot of talking. And it's kind of been that way for the last two weeks. We probably have another week left. And then uh, that'll slow down a bit and I'll do more in-person like signings once, once we can. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. But yeah, yeah. there is, there are advantages. Like it's, it's a lot easier to like, <laughs> even with Molly for the release of her record, you know, she did it all like this. Yeah. So we'd be flying all over the place. And so I'm kind of loving that, that part of the whole yeah. thing. But Well, I can't wait to see what Jess does with your house. We'll, uh, we'll give you a little tour. In fact, Brandy, now we have uh, extra spare bedrooms. Love it. Dog friendly. Can't um, and, uh, and you can c- come out and, uh, and hang out. Uh, 420 friendly. Whatever friendly you need, we oh. have it available. There you go, Tizzle. 420 <laughs> friendly. Do you awesome. or Jess smoke weed no, then? No. no. Uh, I mean, I, I dabbled in my life, and then all of a sudden I had like a – where I do and my mind would go to like, I think I just got some bad mental stuff, but like my mind would go to the most dark places. I'm like, I'm not doing this to myself no more. This thing just, just, just gives me anxiety. So it's no, never. I don't think Jess ever touched it. (laughs) So no, but But, it's part of my life. I mean, eight years in Denver now, you know, it's weird. I was just uh, back in Indiana and like people, somebody got arrested in my grade with it. And it was like in the paper. I was like, and it like kind of throws me off. It's like, what? What? Wait. Oh, yeah. That is so crazy. It's, it's so. Crazy. It's just weird because like it's been eight years of my life where, you know, it's there's a shop right around the corner here, and like it's not a thing. It's just weird that that's still not common. It's so crazy. It just blows my mind that we talk about it. Like it's just so weird. Like the mentality and and you know this preconceived idea about weed and so many people just. I was one of them for years, so. Yeah. But I have seen the light. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of dog friendly, are you and Jess gonna get a dog together? Stop trying. Like I need to stop. Start being home more. 
so she actually just got done. She went to esthetician school during COVID. I knew that. That's so cool. Yeah. She said, you know what? This is always something I've wanted to do. It's going to take me six months to do it. Uh, COVID's going to be going on. Well, I'm not going to be doing anything else. So I'm going to go back to school. Amazing. So she got her, she got her license. So she's going to start opening up her own places and which will allow her to be here more. You know, if I have to keep traveling and stuff, that's fine. So then yes, but also, you know, up in the neighborhood, like you don't want a dog outside with like seriously. Bears. So I was thinking that you've got to get a big dog, a big dog that can like hold its own. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, and then we will. I think we will. Uh, Jess really wants a dog. It just uh, she's in the other room, so she can't hear me talking. It's it. It will happen. I'm just right now like not promising it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, the is, here's the problem. Like people get on me about this because I've never had a dog since my childhood dog. But I had this childhood dog who was like, I'm an only child. She was like my everything. Like, and she was the best dog, like slept beside me for my whole life. And then when she passed, it like destroyed me. I was like, I just can't do like, why would I want to do this every 10 to 15 years? I I don't want to do this to myself. It hurts still to this day. Like I can still get teared up talking about Zoe. But then everybody tells me, oh, it's like, you just got to find that love spot again for him. And then it's all going to be okay. I think so too. I my dog mate passed away about a year, a little over a year ago, a year and a half. Robert. Met, met him. Did you meet the big white German Shepherd oh, yeah. in LA? Yeah. yeah. And I still like, but I someday really do want one. But I can't even think about that. Now it was like so painful, so painful that I I kind of feel the same way. But I do know that like I just miss him because it's this presence in the house yeah. too. You know, when you have a big dog like that. So I know that I'll end up getting one. It has to be worth it. I don't think um, mom probably suspects this, but I don't think Ben knows this. Truly, if I'm honest, the reason I moved to Denver is because I lost my German Shepherd. She passed away and I could not be in that house without her. Mm. I just couldn't. And I had to get out. That was really my main motivation for that. I remember that. I was there. I was actually at your house in Nashville, I think. A week after she passed. Yeah, it was yeah. Crazy. It gets crazy. It just like I don't know. Like, it sounds insane to like not even want to be in your house anymore. But like I, when I moved into that house, it was with her, and like I just it felt like her house. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and it just I, and and then when I came back from Denver, I I still haven't ever lived in that house. Like I got, I moved into a different one, and I don't know. Like it really hits you, especially like the bigger dogs, and they are such a presence in the house. And I don't know. It took me a long time to be in a place where I I felt like I wanted another one, and even with Ash who was amazing like my biggest fear was that feather was just such a great dog to me like I, she was so well behaved i was like i'll never have another dog as great as feather like she was so great and then i totally took a risk on astra took her home like totally out of nowhere and she has been such an incredible dog i literally thank god every single day for her and that i went home with her because she's been everything so uh. Uh, molly just lost her dog and on the flight home, we were looking at the kill shelter here in Van Nuys at some rescue pits. And she was like, but what if she's not like as great as Mary Jane? Uh, like, yeah. I'm like, I want like, I want Mary Jane. And what if she, you know, yeah. and so because Mary was just said she rescued her from the same shelter and she was just so incredible. Such a good dog. Like, yeah. So incredible. But it is. It's like, oh, I'm never going to find that same connection. Yeah. You know? And it's not, it's not, it won't be the same. It'll just be a different type of great feeling yeah it scares me though so yes i we 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 have to but i don't know when i really don't well it will happen okay well tell jess we say hey i will do that you guys are the best it's really tell her to with your faces 
Tell her to call us if she needs any help decorating. Yes. Ooh, you guys got that on under control? I'm yeah. th- uh, we are on it. Tell her to, <laughs> to call and give us a FaceTime tour. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. Well, um, I hope to be in Nashville and see you soon. That would be great. Thanks for coming on. Sorry, we're stoned. Yeah. That's great. I'm so pumped to see you guys. I can't wait to have uh, the book. We, I'm going to need Ben to tell the stoners where we can find his book, where we can buy generous coffee. Yes. Oh, so, and are you still doing your, you still have Almost Famous, the podcast. Have Almost Famous, the podcast Tell on the iHeartRadio. I- yeah. So iHeartRadio, Almost Famous podcast. Four years now of That's that crazy. thing. Wild. The book, go to benhigginsbook.com or Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Kindle, Audible, wherever you, you know, whatever you get into, you can find it now. It's out there. It's alone in plain sight. And then uh, Generous Coffee at GenerousCoffee.com. That's a huge help. Honestly, everything is donated back. So like I don't make any money. In fact, it costs me quite a bit of money, but it's a good passion project. And uh, I really love it and I believe in it. Um, So if you like coffee, go buy Generous Coffee. That's the big things right now. Also, I am. I'm getting married this year. It's pretty cool. So So, awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, guys. See you all. Miss you. Love Love. Everybody loves Ben. He is just the sweetest. And honestly, I I can't wait to read his book. Me too. I really am excited about it. I love I love books like this. I was like looking at the back. And do do you know who Bob Goff is? No. Oh my gosh. He wrote a book called Love Does that's amazing. And like everybody talks about it when it came out. It's a great, great book. But he's one of Ben's like favorite authors. And I saw that he endorsed. That's the word I was looking for. Uh-huh. I saw that he endorsed Ben's book and wrote a little like review to that that they put on the back. So I th- I bet that's really cool for Ben to see like one of you know like his favorite authors endorsing his book or whatnot. So um if Bob Goff loved it, I know I'm gonna love it because I love Bob Goff. And I love Ben Higgins, so great. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so, okay. Any final words? Any final off limits or anything you're watching, excited about? I literally just cannot stop. I just caught up on The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. And so you saw that, what's her name? That one girl left. Victoria, Victoria. Victoria and Anna, right? Yeah, they're both gone. Get out of here. See you later. Honestly, I cannot even like Victoria is out of it. And but the thing about it is, why would she want Matt to watch back and see that the very reason he had her leave, that she was so much worse than he ever envisioned? Like the things that she said and the attitude and the complete just disrespect for everyone involved the girls matt everyone it was so awful okay but same thing for mj i love her hair i do too but i love her hair but like she was sitting here like jesenia was calling her out and saying like you're gonna watch this back and you're gonna and she's like acting like no i won't like is she crazy like when this plays back everyone is gonna see and hear what she did and said like i've seen that part yet i'm only halfway through the film oh my gosh okay well she's doing the same good thing like acting like all the things she said is not gonna hurt her but like um, she's probably watching this back going well you know who i love is rachel love rachel i'm since day one i've loved rachel and bree since day one I love Rachel and I love Serena P. And, Serena. Oh, you like you like Brittany. I love Brittany. 
She's all right. I love Brittany, Serena P, but mostly I'm going for Rachel. I like feel bad for Brittany about all the Anna stuff that and the rumors, but I don't love her for Matt. Uh, the only other one that I really like is Michelle, the new girl that got the the one on one right away. Like I think Michelle's yeah. a contender. Maybe. So. We'll What's see. the show we started watching in Tampa? Oh, okay. So again, Stoners, another book that I took a meeting on because oh, I loved it by Kristen Hanna called Firefly Lane. Wait, it just came out. I tried to do that show and pitched it years ago and, and nobody would do it. Now somebody else pitches it and here it is a freaking show. But anyway, I'm not bitter because I'm watching it and I am literally obsessed with Bo Garrett. She is one of my favorites. She is on Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce all those years, and now she's on this. She is the coolest chick ever. Okay. Well, I'm going to go. Anyway, I'm going to go watch Firefly Lane. I only Me got too. through the first episode, and I'm, I like it. I think it's going to be good. Like, the first episode is a little confusing, just trying mm-hmm. to get to know who everybody is. Mm-hmm. But I think once that happens, it's going to be really good. But I don't even care. I just want to stare at Bo because she's hot. You're insane. No, I love her. I want to be her. She is just the coolest chick ever. Well, before we go, all right, Stoner. So obviously Ben Higgins was the ultimate guest. We love him. We have another really great guest for you next week. None other than the co-host of my other podcast, Wells Adams. Wells! This has been a long time coming. Wells was like, "Why did it? How did it take you this long to ask me to be on your podcast?" I was like, uh, "I don't know." Oh gosh, Wells and Ben, just the two cutest. They would be cute little contractors on a show. I know. I feel uh-huh. it. Company. Wells did say Wells. we can ask him about it next week, but he did say he did like roofing in college or something. Worked as a roofer, okay. and Ben over here can like renovate bathrooms. I think it's the dream team, honestly. I think it is too. So it'll be super fun. We'll talk Bachelor more next week with Wells because he definitely watches every week. And if you guys have any questions for him, either about his time on The Bachelorette or Bachelor in Paradise or, you know, he's engaged to the wonderful Sarah Highland. Um, so if you have any questions for him, you can call into our voicemail and leave some questions for Wellsy too. Yeah, we got to ask him some really deep relationship questions. Yes. If you, all the relationship questions, let's shoot to Wells. <laughs> so the voicemail number is 818-839-0534. Call us. Later, stoners. See you next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.